it's all the same. I'm a gladiator standing in the arena yelling, are you entertained? Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday edition of the show, and it's going to be the best one yet because we have another guest on the show, another Tampa Bay Buccaneers player. Before we get to that, I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is J.C. Allen, also of PewterReport.com. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our guest of the day, Bucks cornerback, D Delaney. D, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing all right. Thank you guys for having me. It's a little rainy out here, but you know, it's a good day. Well, we're getting to that time of the years, specifically in Tampa, where it you know it rains at least once like every single day, and it'll monsoon for about 45 minutes, and then you're good to go for the rest of the day. But that just means Awkward. that that training camp is right around the corner, it'll be starting next week. So how much are you looking forward to just getting back on the field? It feels like it's been a while, even though OTAs and minicamp was only a little over a month ago. I'm ready to get back, man. I mean, like you say, really like a month ago, but it feel like forever to me, you know. Being out the league for two years, I'm just ready to get back in it. I don't, I don't want to be out that long no more. I'm ready yeah. to get back to work. Uh, absolutely. We were joking around, you know, you just showed up all over the place during uh, OTAs or mandatory minicamp, dubbed the, the Peter Report MVP of, of the <laughs> offseason work. What did you what, what have you been doing to kind of uh, improve your game and, and kind of take it to that next level to make sure you do? You know, you stay in the league and specifically stay with the Bucks. Uh Working on my speed, a lot, a lot of speed work and just a lot of formations, tendencies, trying to see what a lot of teams do as far as receivers, see what they like to do. Just get smarter in the game. You know, that's one thing Coach Bowl was kind of telling us this uh, OTA, the mini camp. Just try to learn and see what teams do. All teams do the same thing, but try to try to be specific and see what all they do so you can be faster, play faster. And Coach Bowles is the head man in charge this year. He's he's the new head coach, but he's been in the organization. Obviously, on the defensive side of the ball, maybe not as much of a transition, but what have you seen just the differences between – Bruce Arians as the head coach and now with Todd Bowles as the head coach in, in that short amount of time that, you know, he's been at the helm. Uh, I see a lot more competition. People actually like, you know, I want to say like fair, but, you know, they know, okay, I got to come to work today. You know, Coach Bowles not playing around. We got to be on our A game. You know, there's competition in the room in each and every room. Everybody got to trying to get a starting job, new coach. So everybody trying to, you know, get on his good side. So I feel like with Coach Bowles, you know, every day, like I said, you got to come to work. No days all literally. A little more laid back under Bruce Arians last year. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like you know, coming off Super Bowl, everybody pretty much already knew their role, where they were doing that, where they were gonna be at. So they were kind of chilling, laid back. But I think now with Coach Bowl there, you know, he's trying to get back himself. So I think he's gonna turn it up a notch on us, definitely. Just make sure every open competition to an extent everywhere, whoever the best man is going to play. But last year, Bruce Arians was like, he was in your corner. Like, you know, the media would ask about, you know, D Delaney and and he would be like, D's a dog. And like, uh, well, what did it mean for you to have, have your, the head coach and a guy like Bruce Arians in your corner backing you at at all times? So, I mean, you know, it's kind of crazy because I didn't really get into my social media. I didn't really look at, uh, the interview anything like that my uncle i got two uncles they look at all you guys stuff they always try to tell me but i was telling me i don't really try to worry about do worry about that too much because i try to control what i can control you know and try to put the best effort out 
I feel like if I listen to stuff like that, I'll, I'll begin to relax or, you know, get complacent. So I just try to ignore all of that and just go hard each and every day because I know every day is a fight for a job, you know. So right. you didn't even know that Bruce was kind of like in your corner and 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 back into the media at all last year. You're just kind of in your own and doing your own thing. I mean, honestly, when we had the uh the practice with the Titans, you know, he'd always tell me, "Oh, you got to go hard, good play, good play." But I never really, all right. I don't really think that anybody's in your corner. That's how I look at it. I don't try to, I try to be okay. I mean, it's by myself. I got to go hard, you know, each and every day. Yeah, I hear you because at the end of the day, you're you're fighting for a job. You're fighting in that competition every single day. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask you, you know, how fulfilling was it for you to to earn a spot on this team la- uh, last season when you, you bounced around the league a little bit, playing for a couple of different teams to to really cement your place on the roster and not just being on the team, but like really being a contributor last season with you know the injuries that happened in the secondary and you played a ton of snaps on special teams the most in your career that you have just how, how great was that you know a sense of accomplishment while also you know keeping your eye at the, on the prize at the same time i mean it was a good feeling you know like i said being on the lead for two years i kind of felt like oh man i mean i'm not good enough or maybe i just gotta hang it up but just getting back in the groove of things being out there with the guys getting the speed of the game actually making a roster I mean, I felt good, man. That's probably the highest I've ever been in a long time. So, you know, just going out there, like you said, playing a lot of minutes and just getting back in the groove with that, I feel like good. I feel like coming in this year, trying to build off of that, I feel like this year would be even better. Have you felt a more of a, a grasp of the the playbook with, you know, Todd Bowles' defense is one of the most unique type of defenses around the league. I mean, You'll have plays where Levante David lines up as an edge rusher, or Vita Vea, uh, Vita Vea lines, you know, drops back in coverage. You know, you don't mm-hmm. see that all the time with a huge nose tackle like that. Uh, how much do you enjoy playing in a Todd Bowles type of defense? Honestly, I love it. I mean, I don't want to play no other defense. Like you said, he got so many different disguises and things like that. And like last year, our cornerback coach, he started to make us like actually learn every position. So you can play it faster. So by us doing that, I kind of got to see what Coach Bo was thinking here and there. And just knowing each and every position helps you play faster. So, I mean, I like it, honestly. Speaking of having to play faster, you've got some guys on the other side of you that can play pretty fast. And Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, not to mention, you know, Scotty Miller, who has got blazing speed, Sir Grayson. Uh, what, what, are those, what has it been like going up against those guys in practice to help you elevate your game? each and every week uh i think going against mike you know he's been at least so long he's a crafty veteran he know what to do so you know going against him i take that more of the learning experience you know okay this is guys like his caliber that's what they're gonna do now guys like scotty miller and uh uh jd and though and Godwin. i mean those guys they fast they're they gonna do what they do so i know for scotty for example he's gonna go so if you come out there like the days ago playing around he's gonna go Cyril, he's going to go. Those type of guys, you can't just come out of practice like the days ago. Oh, I'm just going to ease into practice. No, you can't do that because at any moment, they can run a 100-yard goal ball on you, and now you look bad. So I feel like going to get those guys every day, you got to be in your A game. Who's the fastest player on the box? Because I think a couple of guys (laughs) have, uh, you know, might take that claim for, for their own fame of being the fastest guy on this team. We asked Cyril that question, and um. He had an interesting response, but before I tell you what he said, I'm curious 
And you could say yourself too if you want to throw oh, yourself no, into I'm, the ring. I'm, I'm far from the fastest guy. I know that for a fact. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I think two guys who I got in my mind for sure are Jamel Dean and Rashad Robinson. Okay. Know, those two can go. I done seen Rashad get down the field. So if I had to decide between those two, I'm going to go with Rashad. I think he's the fastest on the team. And he, he, he's much lighter than Dean. So I feel like he can go. That's exactly what Cyril's answer was. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so fun. All right. So I, I think we're getting a much more clear cut answer uh, to that question now that we asked more Buccaneers players. But I don't want you to sell yourself short either because I was reading up on this. So in high school, you played multiple sports and got 14 varsity letters. I believe those sports, and correct me if I'm wrong, football, obviously, uh, track, baseball and basketball so you obviously mm -hmm. had some speed if you're gonna be on the yeah. track team and of course like to, to play in the nfl assuming that football is your best sport because you are a pro football player uh rank the other three what were you the best at in those other sports so honestly baseball was my best sport like, really wow. yeah uh that just came naturally to me i didn't really like to practice too much that just came naturally but it was so boring i didn't really like i just felt <laughs> like i <laughs> I feel like nine innings was just too long just to be in the outfield, just waiting for somebody to hit the ball. So I never really, I never really fell in love with that, you know. But I would go baseball, football, then basketball, and then track. I just, I did track while I was doing baseball. That was more of a, oh, they needed somebody to run hurdles. So I just went out there and ran hurdles. I'll just tell you to run track in the offseason. Yeah, the that's, yeah that, that's it for that. I didn't really, I don't know. And while we're talking about speed, this is a good time to uh, mention to all of our readers and listeners that um, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Celsius. And Celsius has the Fast Brand Protein Bars. Guys, if you don't know about the Fast Brands, they are a delicious protein bar. 20 grams of protein, and it tastes like candy. Uh, they're the perfect substitute. Maybe if you wake up a little too late and uh, you can't have breakfast, just have a protein bar. You're good to go. Hold you over until lunch. If you're going to go and work out, pump some iron. I know a lot of times Scott Reynolds, the face of Peter Report, he works out after the show. Get that in your stomach. Have it good to go. Uh, make sure you order it on uh, Amazon. Save some money. You can set up uh, whether you want to send it to your house every two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. It's a great substitute for uh, any type of meal if you're on the go. Maybe you're on a flight and it's delayed a little bit and you're, you're getting hungry. Just pack a... Uh, Celsius Fast Brand Protein Bar. It's it's a perfect substitute for dessert as well. There's two flavors. There's the white chocolate cookies and cream and the salted caramel peanut crunch. So make sure you get a Celsius Fast Brand Protein Bar and you will not be disappointed. D, I want to ask you as well, um, at the beginning of your career, we just talked about your high school sports, so let's transition to college. You began your college career at the Citadel, and then after graduating, you played a season at the U, the University of Miami. How was that transition going from one school to the next? And was that a calculated uh, move to, you know, better yourself to try to get into the NFL? Uh, so as far as school-wise, pretty much the same. I mean, besides the military part, you know, the, I think the military part is – totally different, you know, going from the Citadel to Miami, you know, they do whatever they want out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was pretty good. I mean, I felt like in my mind, I needed to go to Miami as far as the speed wise of the game. I felt like being at the Citadel, I was kind of faster. I, I, in my mind, I felt like I was better 
and I didn't feel like I was really getting challenged there. So going to Miami was something that me and my coach talked about. And I mean, I, it's, it's, I, I would say it was a real good learning experience for me. You know, it wasn't what I thought the season would go, be like, but I felt like it was a good learning experience. It helped me toward the NFL as far as diversity-wise. Right. And again, that level of competition, like you said, you know, going from a, a smaller to a place like the U. I mean, it's not the U of the 80s, but it's, yeah. still, you know, it's still a very prominent school and they play a really a, a lot of good competition there. Was cornerback always your, was your position or did you ever like, was there any other positions you played or wanted to play or how did you end up at cornerback? Uh, so I actually played a uh, wide receiver high school and uh, uh, the Citadel coach came to my high school and he was like, man, because I didn't want to go to the Citadel at all. I didn't I didn't want to do it in the military. But he was like, man, do you want to go to the NFL? His name was uh, Jared Dixon. He played cornerback for Alabama, playing a league for a little while. He was like, do you want to go to the NFL? I was like, uh, of course. Why well, not? He was like, well, if you want to go to the NFL, switch over to cornerback, and I promise you being in the NFL. So, I mean, I felt like, okay, I went. I went there, and he ended up leaving after my first year. I'm like, dang, it's crazy. Now what I do? You know, but. Just by him telling me, you know what I'm saying? Because at that time, the NFL was transitioning from smaller cornerbacks to kind of longer, bigger cornerbacks. Yeah. And yeah. so just by him telling me that, I felt like that was kind of one of the best decisions I've made going to play cornerback. But I mean, yeah. I, I love playing receiver, though. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a lack of hands, right? Because you got your first career interception last That's year. That's right. What was oh, that like? P.S. But I got the best hands in secondary. P.S. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's hands down. We're going to have to pass that off to some of the other guys back there. <laughs> they, they know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's honestly, that's been one of the knocks on the on the secondary a little bit with the corners. Uh, obviously, like, you know, Carlton and Jamel are two of the best corners in the NFL. I, I think depth wise, the corner position is, is great for the Bucs. Um, mm -hmm. That's been one of the we asked Carlton about this at minicamp where, you know, we asked him if he's an all pro. And he essentially said, I'm about 80 percent there. I just got to get my hands on the ball more. That was another thing. Uh, your cornerbacks coach, Kevin Ross, was like, yeah, he's there. He's just got to catch the damn ball. And he was like mad about it uh, when he said it. So that seems like more turnovers might be the next thing. But going back to your interception against the Bears, I was watching the play before. When you caught it, did it go into your head like, all right, I'm taking this to the house? Because you had about, you know, like 10, 15 yards of like, before you see other players on mm -hmm. the screen kind of get close to you, did you think you had a chance to uh, take it to the house for a pick six? Honestly, I mean, it was just a blur, man. I was just happy, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that was my first career interception. It was kind of a blur. I wanted to go to the touchdown, but I was just happy just to get interception, honestly. Do you still have that football? Oh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Had to keep that. All right. you have it, uh, do you have it framed or anything like that? No, nah, not yet. I'm uh, I'm currently in the process of uh, building a house and everything. So once I do all that, I get my man cave right. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you talked about the best hands in the secondary. And speaking of the secondary, I noticed you have a uh, an SMB hat on there, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I okay. kind of begged for this for about a year. He finally <laughs> gave me this uh this all season. Nice. What if, so? What have you like learned from those guys back there? How much have they helped influence you and what you added to your game? I know uh, they all bring a little bit of different. Dean's got the speed. Carlton Davis is like a shutdown cornerback, and obviously, you know, he he's has the most pass deflections in the league since he entered it. Sean Murphy Bunding's got that versatility to play inside and outside. What have you kind of picked from them? You know, and he, having Sherm there last year too yeah, must be a great experience. So, like, what have you picked up from all the guys you've been around and applied to your game? 
Uh, I think McCartney did because I picked up the just play your game, you know what I'm saying? Block out the noise, you know what I'm saying? If you know you're good, you're good. Just play your game. With Dean, I felt like I learned just to trust yourself. I feel like Dean, sometimes he trusts his speed more than anything. He know he fast, so he just going, oh, I'm going to sit on, wait on uh, Curl. If you want to go, but I'm going to go. Uh, with Sean, I would say just a confident, you know what I'm saying? Sean more of a smooth guy, you know what I'm saying? Casual. And then, like you said, with Sherman coming out, I feel like Sherman was huge. You know, he helped us a lot with as far as just the playbook, play, uh, being able to see play before it even happened. And, um, I mean, Antoine, toughness. I think he's the best tackle on the team, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, Mike Edwards, definitely a ball guy. So, you know, me and Mike, we kind of click. You know, that's that. I'm definitely a ball guy. So, I don't know. I, I learned a lot from those guys, man. That's, just want to give a... Just want to give a shout out to some of our fans here. Very excited to see you. Nathan says, D, South Carolina, the U, the Citadel. Go D. Uh, we had another one here. Germ uh, Deasy says, D Delaney with multiple exclamation points. So, again, thank you so much for uh, joining the show. The fans are very uh, excited to see you. Uh, moving over to, you know, this year a little bit, we already spoke a little bit about like OTAs and, and minicamp and, one of the other guys playing with you now uh, in the cornerback room is rookie Zion McCollum. What have you seen from him in those practices? And do, do you feel like he's understanding the playbook even more? Oh, yeah. I, 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 honestly, he, he's going to be a good cornerback. I'll give him maybe a year before he really clicks, but maybe not even a year, but just seeing him at OTAs. I mean, me and him, we kind of connected early. Like, it's crazy because I was like, the first couple of days, he had a chance to get a lot of interceptions. I was like, man, you can't really catch too good. I see what you're down for. You know, <laughs> we're just playing around with each other. So me and him, we kind of actually, like, made a competition to see who can get the most pick each and every day. And then I see how fast and how big he is. I'm like, man, this guy, he's going to be somebody special, man. I mean, the, the, I think the Bucks did a real good job as far as drafting them, getting them. In. I think he, they got a real good steal in him. He's going to be good in a couple of years. Yeah, he, yeah, had, he was uh, one of the most exciting Draft picks that the Bucks had. A lot of us were saying that was like the steal of the draft for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Sorry, JC, didn't want to cut you off there. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, he out of the history of the combine, he had the highest relative athletic score. You know, uh, with, with just his speed, size, his ability mm -hmm. to cone the drills, everything was forty time. So yeah, I mean, he brings it in multiple. Plus, he's got you know, he's six two. He's a big yeah, guy. He's, he's a big a, dude, and he can play nickel and corner. So I mean, it's like. You got a dual person and one person right there by itself. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, you have, absolutely. I was going to say, ahead. I mean, he's, he's part of the competition, obviously with the draft oh, yeah. comes, you know, but you're also competing against guys like, you know, the fastest guy on the team, Rashad Robinson and, and Ross Cockrell, who's, you know, cross trained at safety. You got a couple undrafted guys with Kyler McMichael and, and Don Garner there. That competition is going to be fierce for you guys. What are you, what have you been doing to kind of give yourself that leg up, you know, give yourself, obviously you, you have time in the system, but is there anything that you've been, working on specifically to stand out amongst amongst that competition group oh i was trying to learn a nick position a little more you know just playing cornerback is all right but i feel like the more you know the more they can use you so right. learn a nickel learn a little safety and i mean just trusting my ability to go out and make plays that's that's really all that it is about uh, todd bowles loves versatility more than anything else and i mean mm -hmm. we've even seen like occasionally antoine winfield jr will line up at nickel or will mm -hmm. line up at the line of scrimmage and 
and go after the quarterback. So absolutely, the more you can do, the more it's going to, to help the box and, and help yourself for this season. Uh, you know, you mentioned talking with, with Zion and, and having a little competition and what you've learned from some of the, the other corners on the team. Can you just speak about the chemistry that you have specifically in the secondary? It just seems like, you know, a lot of you guys are similar in age and it seems like everyone just gets along so well. And that helps so much. Communication is obviously key in this league, especially, you know, at that corner position. Just talk about the, the chemistry that you guys have built. Uh, I mean, I feel like everybody in the, in the back end kind of respect each other. You know, like you said, we kind of young, so nobody really like overbearing the conversation. Or, oh, I know this. I know that. Everybody just kind of, okay, taking your suggestions, taking the next person's suggestions, and we just rolling with it. You know, like you said, we're a young group. So we just got to roll with each other, trust each other that everybody going to do their job. That's what I mean, that's what I really like about the back end. Another guy on this team, an undrafted free agent, plays wide receiver, but you played against him uh, in OTAs and minicamp, and that was um, Devin Thompson. Sorry, Devin Tompkins, so my apologies. What have you seen from him? Because a lot of people are, are really fired up about him. He obviously brings the speed and uh, seemed really coordinated out of, out there. So what do you see from him? Like you say, speed. I mean, speed, quickness, can catch, get, get to the ball. And, I mean, he just explosive plays. That's one thing that I know that Tom Brady really likes, that he can catch the ball and be explosive. But, I mean, going against him, he's something like Cerro and – uh, he's something like Sarah and Scotty Miller. Like you can't just say, "Okay, I'm gonna just play him safe." Now nah, you gotta actually play against him because if not, he'll go on top of you real quick, fast. So, like I said, I ain't the fastest, but uh, <laughs> I'm. Uh, <laughs> I think you're selling yourself short. I really do. Nah, you I mean, gotta give I, yourself some credit. See one thing about me, I, I feel like I'm a realist, so I know I'm not the fastest, but I know football is all about angles. So you gotta be able to know. You know, you gotta you gotta be true to yourself. You ran a four four in the in, in coming out of college. I mean, that's not slow at all. It's not four three, but yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm slow, but I just know like those guys like you know, yeah. they only like 180 pounds, 170 something pounds. I'm 200 pounds, 205. So it's like I They're can't four. just yeah, I just can't play around and say okay, I'm gonna get running when he going. No, I won't ever catch him. Right, you got to be moving before he's moving. Definitely, definitely. And I feel like at the corner position, you know, a lot of it, too, is reading the play and almost like the anticipation of it. For example, mm -hmm. one of my favorite football players of all time is Darrell Revis at mm -hmm. Revis Island. Like we all know about that. And Revis was like fast, but he was never known as like the top notch speed type of guy. But mm -hmm. just like that 2009 season when he went up against like T.O., Randy Moss, Ocho Cinco, Steve Smith, and the list goes on and on and on. The way he was able to just react before the ball was even thrown, like he knew where the receiver was going to go. The anticipation of the play was like what really made him the the stud cornerback that he is and future Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that goes into it? Like whether it's film study as well, when it become, comes uh, out to being like a top corner? Yeah, I think it's a lot of film study. And like you said, just learning tendencies. I mean – all receivers are going to end up doing the same thing. They're just going to start off a little different, but at the end, the routes all are the same. So Revis, he kind of perfected what he know. He He's good at what he do. He's not the fastest, but he know as long as my technique is there, I know what the receiver going to run. I watch a lot of film. I just got to trust and believe that he's going to run what i seen on film. So, I mean, I, I – Go ahead. You go ahead. 
Uh, no, I was just going to elaborate on what Maddie said. I mean, you're talking about Revis going up against some of the top wide receivers. Obviously, you go up against one of the top wide receivers every day in practice with Mike Evans. But who like gave you the most trouble last year? Like, who were you like, oh man, this guy is now I know why he's talked about so much or or something like that? Uh, so last year, I mean, I didn't really. I mean, I really kind of was like a special team guy in my mind, so I wouldn't be like, oh, man. you had a lot of bunch of snaps on defense. Don't sell yourself short. You talk about like against a uh, Bucks or against like opponents. Opponents like uh, oh, uh, uh, what's the guy from uh, Washington, Terry? Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's scary. Good. Terry. Yeah, yeah he, he he pretty good. I ain't gonna lie, he's pretty good. He's good at what he, but you know he's so small. He's good at what he do. You know, so I I, I think he was pretty solid. Interesting. And you look at the schedule this year, a lot of daunting opponents, but makes for a lot of great matchups, whether it's, you know, a rematch with the uh, with the Rams. You play the Ravens this year. Obviously, the, the first month of the schedule is, uh, is a pretty intense one with the Cowboys, the Saints, the uh, the Chiefs and the Packers as well. Is there any opponent in particular that you're looking forward to facing and just what's your overall view of the schedule that's uh, a little bit more difficult than maybe it was last season? Uh, I mean, like what Bulls told us, they got to play just how like we got to play. You know, they put their pants and jersey on just like us. You know, everybody's saying, oh, it's going to be a tough schedule. But, yeah, it's going to be tough on us, but it's going to be tough on them also. Ooh. I mean, I just feel like one team I, I want to play or the person I want to play against is Cup. You know, I felt like going against him that one time, he caught the ball on me. I mean, I don't – I was all right, but I feel like I need to get my rematch against him. Okay. You know. I like it. Yeah, I, I think a lot of I think a lot of Bucks fans and your teammates as well kind of want to get that revenge against uh, the Rams for the, the way the season kind of ended last season. How long did it take to get over that? I mean, which one? <laughs> <laughs> I think the last one hurt us the most because you know we felt like we knew everything they was gonna do. You know, I mean, early on it didn't really go our way. I felt like we kind of started off slow, but we knew what they was gonna do on defense, and I mean, I felt like. That one kind of hurt the most because we fought and we fought and it just didn't go our way in the end. So right. it, probably, it probably took a couple of weeks to get over. I mean, you guys were down to a bunch of players. I mean, you lose Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown does his thing earlier. And then, you know, Tyler Johnson leaves the game. And now, I mean, you can't make excuses for injuries, but I feel like a rematch with a healthy Bucks team might be a different outcome there. And we'll get to see that this season and potentially in the playoffs uh the saints too i mean they had your number oh, man you know i forgot about them like what's that i know you've only been here for a year but that rivalry the locker room goes uh, you play the game what's that like you know are you automatically like oh, i hate the saints does it happen like once you're playing the game like now i know why i hate this what everyone hates this team what's I that mean, rivalry like? i mean i feel like i don't really hate the saints i, I don't really i mean i, I don't really I don't know. I just feel like the Saints, those guys, they want to try to come and punk you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's their attitude. They want to punk you. They want you to know that, okay, I'm the toughest. But, I mean, I don't really – there's no hate or nothing towards them. I mean, they just – hopefully this year we beat them. That's all I can say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. At least – I know you weren't on the team, but at least – you know, the Bucks have struggled against the Saints the past couple years. But when it mattered most in the postseason, obviously, um, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks got it done. Then, uh, did want to ask you a little bit. You talked about special teams before. That's obviously 
a very important part of the game and a part where, you know, you've made an impact as well. Um, what has it been like working with coach Armstrong? Obviously he's the, uh, the special teams coach. And was that something that kind of coming on this team that you were thinking like, all right, I like, I got to make my mark here. This is how I'm going to go and, and solidify myself as a key player to this team. Or is it something that you kind of just picked up along the way and now have kind of flourished at, at that position? So honestly, I mean, I, I looked at the roster and I said, they just drafted, they got three drafted guys on their team at cornerback. The chance of me playing is slim, but I know it's an open spot at the fourth spot. And I know a special team is huge, you know, and they just released, uh, they let uh, Ryan go, which who was their yeah. uh, special team eight. So I felt like, well, if I don't get on the deeper side, I at least got to go on the special team. So, I mean, that was kind of my main goal, going hard on special team. Making an yeah. effort to do the extra mile on special team and showing coach that, okay, this guy, yeah, he can play defense, but he really going to give me his all on special team. I can trust him. Yeah, yeah, and one of the guys that was a special team's ace for the Bucks last season was Grant Stewart. Uh, oh. What do you see from him? I mean, he, I think, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he led the Bucks in special teams tackles. And just, you know, every time you look, you see him flying down the field, and obviously his hair is blown in the wind. So it kind of, like, adds to the whole presentation of it. Yeah, I mean, Grant, he got a lot of energy. Out. He got a lot of energy. Every time it's before he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go down and make a tackle. Or Dion Fastman, you know, he, it's a competition for Grant each and every time. So, I mean, just having him out there with the, all the energy that he have, I think it's real good. I think hopefully this year he takes off even better than he did last year. But, yeah, I mean, he just – he's a fast guy. Yes, Lots he of is. Speed all over that defense this year. You know, you, you bring in uh, – the Bucks bring in Akeem Hicks to pair with Vita Vea. you got those two big guys up front. What That addition – goes hand in hand with the secondary right when you have pass rush like that and two big guys who are going to consume three blockers and allow the pass rush to get there a little bit more how impactful that is for someone like you who plays cornerback to have that extra second and and, and be able to you know maybe then force an errant throw for you to get in front of or, or or just limited time for a receiver to get open how how impactful is that for you i mean i think that's huge like you say you got two Two forces in nature up there, cause to have each and every down. I mean, as a cornerback, you couldn't ask for no nothing better. But I mean, as a cornerback, you know there's no excuses now. You know, you can't have excuses or why you not make your plays or why they're catching a the deep ball because you expecting the guy up front to do their job and they expect you to do the do your job in the back end. So I mean, I think adding a Keem Nixon, uh Vita Vey, I think that's that's gonna be really huge for the de- for the defense. And it kind of goes into what you were saying, like in practice, like when you have those guys knowing that they're going to bring it that quick, that much quicker and, and, and allow the edge guys to get there. You, you can't sit back, right? You can't kind of mm-hmm. ease into it because you know, the ball is probably going to come out quick. How much does that benefit you um, when you're doing your film study to be able to know these tendencies of the wide receiver so you can read and react that quickly to maybe get use, utilize those best hands in the secondary <laughs> there and uh, get some interceptions. I mean, like you said, uh, anticipation you you've been able to read and react faster you kind of know like okay he's gonna do a dig but you now you know that okay i got a keen hicks and, and Vita v up there so his dig might gotta cut down a little shorter because they're more worried about the pressure and the route running you know what i'm saying so the quarterback might throw a a, a, a bad ball but by you knowing the routes or you knowing the tendencies you'll be there before the receiver even get there so like i said i mean it all go together as we start to wrap up things here, and D, we really appreciate your time. Thanks again uh, for joining us. I just have two more questions. One of them is you've been in the league for a couple of years now. I'm just curious, what is something when you first entered the NFL 
what is something that you know now that you wish you knew when you first got into this league? Uh, it's business, never personal. I mean, that's probably the major thing that I learned. You can't really take things personal in the NFL because a lot of things that's not in your control. So you just it's just like a regular job with all business. Treat it how, like business. How hard is follow up question? Sorry, Matt. How hard is that as like a twenty two year old kid coming out, twenty one year old kid coming out of college to you know when to to make that distinction that this is per this isn't personal, this is business because I mean you're still young, you know. If you were you know, you're in Miami where there's no rules. I mean, maybe it helped you a little bit going to Citadel because you had that structure. Yeah. But, you know, for like the normal person coming out, how difficult is that to really distinguish the two? I think it's real difficult. I think that's why a lot of guys, like a lot of rookies kind of lose their way because they're thinking, okay, I know I'm good, I'm good. But a lot of times it don't have to, anything to do with you being good. It's just more on the business side and that's something you can't control. So now once you're worrying about, oh, why, why this and why that, now you kind of lose focus of what you're really trying to do because you're trying to control the business side of things. So that's why, I mean, me, I just, like I said, control what I can control and understand that it's all business, never personal. And on top of that, just going into the training camp starting next week, very excited for it. How much are you looking forward to it? And what can we expect from you this season? And uh, how much are you looking forward to, like, seeing the fans in the stands? Obviously, uh, last year was a little more limited as – we get through all the, the COVID restrictions, but now like it'll be full force with the fans. Just what are your goals and expectations for yourself? Uh, you know, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get back. My wife and daughter, they're ready to get back to Tampa. Uh, I'm ready to just get back on the field, you know, being away for a couple, couple, couple of days, couple of weeks felt too long, but my expectations for this year, I mean, of course, make the 53 again. And honestly, I want to, I want to be the starting cornerback. I don't want to be a backup anymore, you know, so, Dean, we on the lookout. Call the lookout. You got to bring your A game each and every day. You know, it's a competition. And uh, my goal, I want to at least have four interceptions. Oh, that was actually one of the questions from uh, people That's watching fair. here. Li three said, "D, how many picks are you getting this year?" I guess yeah. we'll put the uh, we'll put the number at four. Yeah, I want to at least. I'll say four or five. You know, just want to push myself because I mean, I know that I'm capable of doing. I just gotta work hard and grind for it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm actually happy to see the fans, you know. Me me being away from the NFL for a long time, I know what it feels like. So I know the fans, they're really happy to get back. They love to get back, just be around players and stuff like that. So I'm ready to see them back in the uh, stands. I got two quick ones for you, too, before we let you go. I know your time is precious and we appreciate it. Uh, first off, uh, every cornerback or every player has got a guy they look up to, right? And, and they, you know, they watch as their kid, watch as they're in college. Who is the guy for you? What what Who have you, like – idolized coming into this and like what did you like take from his game and try to apply it to yours who's that guy for you so it's crazy i had two favorite players antonio brown oh and richard sherman oh wow, wow. Those are my two favorite players but <laughs> my favorite player all the time randy moss but in this era ab and richard sherman i mean i watch those guys highlights probably every day me and my team i watch them every day that's awesome and then you that's got a world yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. It kind of all comes full circle. And you got to be teammates with Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, and you got to go up against him in practice. Exactly. So, uh, you're surrounded by Hall of Famers, man. Like Mike Evans, obviously Tom Brady. It's um quite the experience, I would imagine. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I couldn't even – because it's crazy. I mean, this disclaimer, I'm a Steelers fan. So 
once you got Le'Veon Bell, like God dang, you got everybody just called no. And you, you're gonna get to, you're gonna get to go to Pittsburgh. This yeah, year. no, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's all crazy, man. It's crazy how everything works itself out, man. Oh yeah, it's it's a, it's a crazy experience. So that was kind of my second question too. I mean, first of all, where were you when Tom retired? Where were you when when he retired? And just what was it? What's it like? Just you know, have you caught an interception off of him in, in practice yet? What's it been like? Just practicing? and how has he made you better? Because I mean, Tom is a guy. I mean, I, I spoke with Keon Cross, and I don't know if you know him, special teams cornerback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he told me a story about his rookie year where he walked into a meeting and Tom Brady has his binder and he's sitting there taking notes, like dedicated, like he was a rookie again, and actually came up to him and say, "Hey, Keon, when you see this in practice, uh, you know what? What does it? What does it show you? Because he's running scout team." Mm-hmm. Or whatever. So, like, have you had any of those interactions with Tom where he's pulled you aside and or or just helps you made you better? Uh, so I never had any 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 reaction with him. And, you know, what I'm saying never really. I spoke to him here and there, you know, joking and laughing and stuff like that. But I feel like just seeing him in person and watching how he moved. So when I was hurt, you know, we had to be up to the facility like five o'clock, five thirty in the morning, and the only people there, are coaches or trainers. But it's crazy when I get in there, Tom Brady right there, getting out of his car, going, I'm wondering where you going at? Why are you here so early? <laughs> so, you know, so just seeing him, how he prepared each and every week. Like you said, when Coach, when Coach Aaron to come into the, uh, the the locker room or uh, to the uh, facility, he got his binder out, taking notes. Like, he's a rookie. It's a Hall of Fame quarter we're talking about here, but he's taking notes. You know, just watching that, I feel like I learned a lot from him and just prepare each and every, how to prepare each and every week before the game. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I mean, awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's great insight. D, we can't thank you enough for joining the show today. We really appreciate it. Um, good luck this season. We'll obviously be watching you up close and personal at uh, mm-hmm. at training camp starting next week. But again, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me anytime. Absolutely. Thanks, D. All right. Thank you. D. Delaney, ladies and gentlemen. And as we transition, I do want to tell everyone about Pin Chasers. It's the number one bowling place to go to in the Tampa area. There are multiple locations. There is uh, East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown Tampa, and Veterans Tampa. Obviously, uh, we're in that town. Um, there's one very close to the Advent Hill Training Center uh, where the Buccaneers will have training camp starting uh, next week and where they have their practice during the season. But it's more than just going to a bowling lane. Um, it's a great night out with friends and family. Whether, uh, you know, you're going at night or you want to go during the day in the summertime. I mean, it's freaking hot out there. So uh, to get in the AC is obviously right. a, a, a huge plus. And the food is very underrated. Pizza's great. Chicken tendies, awesome. Nachos. Tendies. Over the top. Great. Um, so make sure you go to pinchases.net to reserve a lane or book a party. They have different deals all the time. Whether it's all-you-can-eat pizza, Dollar Miller Lights, all-you-can-bowl, brunch. Uh, on the weekend. So just again, go to the website. They have so many different deals. There's got to be one for you. You'd also reserve a lane or book a party. They got an arcade. So if you want to book a party, a birthday party for your kid, they can bowl, they can play video games, do the whole thing. So go to pinchasers.net and make sure you head out to the lanes because you'd be supporting a fellow Buccaneer fan with uh, their owner, Anthony Peroni. He is a season ticket holder and you know, we want Bucks fans to help other Bucks fans. So, I mean, pin chasers, never, the ultimate bowling lane. What's up, JC? I was gonna say, you never know who you're gonna see because I mean, I was on uh Instagram last week, and lo and behold, Donovan Smith at pin chasers bowling. I mean, I don't know what location he goes to, but you never know 
who you're gonna who you're gonna see bucks players you know there's a bunch of them that like the bowl on this team what a great interview with d huh absolutely that was that was truly great that was truly great because he's still you know fairly new to the box he's only been there for a season because we didn't have open locker room um you don't get to know as many of the new players as much as guys that have been there for a couple of seasons and you know d has spoken um you know at the press conferences but not as much as mike evans and you know all all the other star players yeah carlton and and Devin White and players uh, of that uh, of of, of the roster. So yeah, Elk. I was trying to find the right word, uh, but really a lot of interesting stuff to take away. Best hands on the team in the secondary. JC. That was definitely something right. I didn't necessarily expect him to say. He's got a um a little bit of like a a, a quiet confidence to a him. Like in a sense, a little swagger. I've noticed this in in some people where it's like. They just, they do it in a respectful way, but they know like they are, yes, yes, they, it's a, it's a humble brag. And I think the fact that he was able to solidify himself on the team last season, got some playing time as a corner because of the injuries, but you know, still got some playing time as a corner contributes on special teams. If I were him, I'd be feeling confident, not in the sense of, like I'm already making the team, but you got to have that confidence going into this season that, you know, he can make the 53 man roster again. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, and especially not just, not just building off last season, but what he put on tape too. I mean, he put some good things on tape last season, obviously the interception. And then you talk about the special teams play as well. You know, I think it kind of gives him a leg up because we know the Bucks. Are, are stacked at the top four positions at cornerback. You know, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Dean Davis, and Zion McCollum aren't going anywhere. So when it comes to those next spots, and, and you can make that case about any of the other spots, it's going to be special teams. And while Rashad Robinson, you know, was was pretty good on special teams, I think when you look at what D. Delaney did, 276 snaps, four tackles. He played on not just, you know, the top four, kick return, punt return, kickoff yeah. uh punt he he also was on field goal blocks as well i mean so he he played all core special team spots and he showed out the rashad robinson did a very good job in special teams too played over 120 snaps did he played more snaps than him and had more tackles rashad robinson only had one tackle and he had three misses um so if you're looking if you're comparing the two and you got a guy who's really hungry who who wants it now Ross Cockrell's there still, too, and that's the big question mark, right, because he's got the experience, but his speed didn't really, and I wrote about this in the camp preview, his, he's got the smarts and instincts, right? but it's, there's times where he was playing last year in the slot that his speed wouldn't let him catch up and it wouldn't translate, and, and that's not an issue with D. Delaney. So I think he's in a really good spot, whether the Bucks keep five or six cornerbacks. I, I, I don't see him unless, you know, someone, Kyler McMichael or someone comes out of yeah. nowhere. I don't see a spot where he's not on this team because of his special teams contribution and what he put on tape as a corner last year. And I'm excited about the depth in the secondary as well. Let's remember they brought in this guy, Logan Ryan, and obviously Keanu Neal as well. So like, I I think in terms of the secondary, sure, there's going to be questions about SMB, uh, whether or not he could hold on to the, the nickel corner position. But let's remember if, if he struggles, that's where like Logan Ryan will be key. And, you know, same thing with, with Neil in terms of he's going to play safety 
And Mike Edwards, that's his job. But if, if there's certain things that aren't exactly lining up for the Bucks defense, they have the guys in there that can go and, and again, be versatile, which is Todd Bowles' favorite thing about players in the secondary. I, I'm, I'm more optimistic about the Bucks secondary than I think I was earlier uh, in this offseason because of guys like this on the screen. Yeah, the only thing that worries me still about the Bucks secondary, and it's not a huge deal, and I wrote about it, um, is the run defense. Um, you know, how do you replace what what Jordan Whitehead gave you? And, and if you do think the replacement is with with uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., now you're taking guys out of position. Now you're taking him out of position to play more on the box when he's great as a free safety. I will say, D. Delaney though, he did have the second. Uh, the third highest grade on the team in the cornerback room as far as run defense. So he's a fat, he can come down in the box and, and, and play contribute in that. And that's going to help him as well make this roster. So, you know, looking, looking at what he was able to do, looking at the roster, the way it's constructed, whether they keep four safeties or, or in six corners or five corners and, and four safeties, you know, I think up and down the roster, like you said, the secondary depth is there at both positions at safety and at cornerback. So if something were to happen, which let's hope it doesn't. With the this honestly, year, JC, it, it honestly, it can't happen again because it just like, they got so ravaged by injuries last season. I just think it, it's almost impossible for that type of, you know, uh, yeah. Luck. <laughs> yeah. Just that type of injury throughout across the board. And even at like wide receiver too, I, I think of two things. I think of, the 2019 season, so Bruce Arians' first year here, yeah. where Mike Evans had a hamstring in. Everyone, it was like Oprah giving out cars. It was like, you have a hamstring injury. You have a hamstring injury. You have a hamstring injury. It was, yeah, it was Evans. It was Godwin. It was Scotty Miller. And that's when, like, Rashad Perryman, you know, yeah. became the guy for a while and right. did well in that role. But that was a couple seasons ago. I don't think it's the same type of Perryman um, that, you know, we saw last year going to this year. But, you know, last season, too, obviously the Chris Godwin injury, not having other players really able to, to step up when Antonio Brown left, where, you know, you had questions about Antonio Tyler Brown left. And, and Scotty Miller, obviously injured, too. It wasn't even when Antonio Brown left too. remember, he was suspended for three games for the fake Vax card, too. So yeah. that's when they that's when they had to bring up guys like Rashad Perriman and elevated guys like Cyril Grayson. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't just injuries. It was suspensions that that played a part as well, too. And, you know, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, that can't happen again. You're not going to lose Mike Edwards and, and, you know, Antonio Brown or Russell Gage this time for three guards for a fake Vax card or you, you just can't. You just can't be hit that hard again with injuries yeah. <laughs> at two specific positions. It's crazy. Uh, but, you know, if they are guys like D Delaney, who we just heard from, I, I think provide solid depth guys like Cyril Grayson, who we've heard from in the, and I think those provide, uh, you know, serious positive depth at spots where the bucks have had injuries over the, over the course of, you know, the last couple of seasons. Yeah, that has been the case. want to get to a question here from Nathan, and um, a little bit of a different subject here, but he says, how do you replace Sue not missing games, stopping the run? That may be the beast that will be missed in stopping the run. Nathan, thanks for the question, but I think they already ad addressed that. You know, they brought in Akeem Hicks, who we spoke about a little bit uh, with D. They um, obviously drafted Logan Hall. So in terms of replacing Sue, I, I think a lot of people 
really said that um, the Bucks did a, a solid job with that with, with Logan Hall and and with Hicks in there. I think with Hicks, on, obviously, it's a matter of will they be will he be healthy for you know for the season because he had that you know the injury issues last year. But at the end of the day, we've seen the Bucks in the past when one guy goes down the defensive line, everyone else you know picks up the slack and and really puts it together. And as long as Vita Vey is in the middle doing. Right. The things that Vita Vea does at nose tackle. Um, I'm not overly concerned about replacing and Dominican Sue because I think the Bucks have already done that. And, and I will say now PFF is not the end all be all guys on their grading and everything like that. But if you look at PFF and I know it, he missed some time last season, Akeem Hicks finished with a 66 uh, percent run uh, great 66 grade against run defense. Well, Dominican Sue finished with a 50.2. And Vita Vea, who we know as is such a strong run defender, he finished with a 63.9. So, in fact, they didn't really lose anything in the run defense department. They've actually gained it, uh, according to PFF's grades and the way they grade seasons. Not only that, but they also gained someone who, who is an, just an experienced and intimidating pass rusher who yeah. who automatically vaults to the top of what the Bucks had last year. With a seventy-one point nine pass rush grade, I mean that's the best—that's the best grade that if he was on the Bucks last year, the only person that would have came cl- or rivaled that was Patrick O'Connor with a seventy-two point one. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, Tupac his his Instagram account again. Just to remind everyone, Pat O'Connor is going to be the defensive player for the Bucks training camp diaries, which will be coming out soon because training camp again is right around the corner. The offensive side of the ball will be friend of the program, Rashad White, the running back that the Bucs drafted this year. Very exciting player. I think we're all very excited for the um, the potential that he could have in year one for him right. in, in this Buccaneers offense. So make sure you keep a, a lookout for that. And just a reminder for everyone, too, next week with training camp starting on Wednesday, we are going to shift around our podcast schedule just a little bit. Um, all the episodes are still going to be at 4 o'clock, so don't have to worry about that. We are going to go next week, Monday. We're going to set the stage for training camp, talk about the storylines, talk about the matchups, everything that you want to see and hear from, from training camp. We'll be talking about that on Monday's show. There will not be a show on Tuesday. Which, think about it like the regular season, we normally wouldn't do a Tuesday show because the players are off that day. So we'll do Monday, no show Tuesday, and then training camp starts Wednesday. So we're going to do show Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, recapping all that we saw from uh, all those days of practice. JC, what matchup player are you most looking forward to watching? Uh, there's so many, but I think we just wrote about this in our roundtable from last week. So if you haven't read that, I'll give you, a, I'll, I'll let you know what mine was. But if you haven't read it, go, go read and see all of our matchups and our reasonings. But I'm really excited to see Luke, uh, Luke uh, Gedeke. I want to see him. I want to see him in that role because I've seen Aaron Stinney, right? Aaron Stinney played a massive role on the Bucks' way to this, to winning an NFC Championship game, yep. and then ultimately the Super Bowl. I haven't seen Gadecki, and Gadecki, unlike you know guys like Marpet and Alex Kappa, who have made the switch from tackle to guard, um, didn't have to go against Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks to start his career. So, if anything, it's yeah. like Trishan Wirfs. It's like Trishan Wirfs two years ago. Um, 
he got thrown into the fire. He was going to get Shaq Barrett was coming off 19 and a half sack season and, and JPP who, you know, so like he was thrown in the mix and in the fire and it was like, Hey, learn on the fly. And that's what uh, get going to have to do against these two mountain of men, uh, behemoth giant size people. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. know how, how, I <laughs> how big their mass is. It's incredible. And, um, you know, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, gonna be sink or swim you know he's gonna be thrown into the flash pan and he's either going to come out on top and win that spot or he's going to you know secede it to, to somebody else and i'm excited to see that you know the trenches are always fun to see because especially we haven't seen them but well, we've got I to know. see the wide receivers we got to see the cornerbacks we got to see tight ends running backs we haven't got to see the line because there's no pads in the offseason work so excited to see that yeah, that really is their time to shine uh, once the pads go. And I think one of the funnest things about training camp is when the offensive linemen and defensive linemen really, uh, they go one-on-one against each other. And that's where you really see, you know, who's the best of the best, who's really um, earning their money. And uh, speaking of money, the best place to um, allocate your money and, and plan for retirement or whatever you have going on in your life, the best place to go and do that is with Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy for you. Thank you, thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. JC, I, I know the Bucks have a, a very exciting schedule this year, but I kind of wish they were playing the Broncos again like they did two seasons ago because that would mean we'd all be taking a trip out to Colorado. Colorado, bro. <laughs> I need I do really do need to get there. It's it's on my list of places it that I, I do want to visit. But um when you're managing your family's wealth, make sure you go to Immunity Financial because it's simply more than allocating your assets. Pewter Report and Scott Reynolds trust Immuni Financial with our investments and retirement funds, and you should trust them too. Call 1-800-868-6864 and talk to David or Mark. They're awesome people over there because they'll tell you all about the different kinds of services that they have. There's legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and more. Once again, that's 1-800-868-6864. And get started with Immuni Financial today. I really can't wait to get started for for training camp. Um, I people have different opinions of it in terms of like, for example, Scott Reynolds has been doing this for over two decades, so he's kind of just get he's ready to just hit the fast forward button and get to the regular season. I feel that you get some of the best up close and personal viewings from being at training camp, seeing right. competition every single day. Um, I think it's the best. I, I, I have so much fun covering training camp each season. I absolutely, this is going to be my third season. First season was very limited because I was with a different outlet who wasn't as, you know, highly credentialed as, as Peter reported. So plus it was COVID. So I was only able to go out a few times. Mm. Last season was awesome. We were doing the rotation with me, you and John. I uh, got to go out a bunch of times. It was great. Got to go out there for uh, joint practices against the Titans. There's something like, and we talked about this when uh, minicamp came around. There's nothing like hearing an, a, a Tom Brady cadence any time of the year. 
But yeah. there's nothing like hearing a, a Tom Brady cadence and then hearing the pads smacking each other, especially when it's it's joint practices, which we'll get with Miami here in Tampa today. So I am so excited. I definitely need to lose some weight, and training camp is one of the best ways to do it <laughs> uh, because yeah. you just let your. Uh, I know we're not we're not we're not doing a, a manscape promo, but man, that that package that Scott sent me last year definitely helped to refresh myself after practices because it is hot out there, overshare, but. I can't wait, man. And we got rookies and quarterbacks reporting on Saturday, so I'm sure the Bucks will put out some good tidbits and videos of that. Um, and then next Wednesday, it's 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 on first day of practice after the after the veterans report on Tuesday, and I cannot wait. I'm so sick of writing about lists, <laughs> trying to diversify. I'm, I'm done, honestly, man. I'm done with the list. I'm with the list, trying to diversify what I'm writing about, but I mean, everyone's the only the only other list I'm looking forward to is when the NFL Network does their top 100 players, right. and there's like all the background stories, and they interview a bunch of different players talking about their teammates or opponents and stuff like that. So I am looking forward to that list, but the rest of them, I, I think <laughs> we've kind of like we get to the point of these players are good, these players all are right. the best of the best, and. And everything else like that. But another great thing about, yeah, the, the another great thing about training camp is that we're going to have a lot more content just of, you know, press conferences, videos, um, different things going on. And we're going to make sure we put that up on our social media and up here on our YouTube channel. So this is a great time to remind everyone to please like and subscribe to Pewter Report TV. Costs you absolutely nothing. Just gives you a heads up, a little head nod to let you know that we got a podcast coming out, that we have new videos up. Maybe there's a great quote from Tom Brady or Carlton Davis or Levante David, Devin White, you name it. Yeah, Dee Delaney, a a ton of great uh, players with very fun and interesting uh, comments as well. So we'll make sure we put up all that content um, on our YouTube channel here, Pewter Report TV. So make sure that you go ahead and subscribe. Costs you nothing, just takes you a second and really be helping us out. So and make sure you uh, hit the notification bell too. So every yes. time we're on, you get the alert that hey, it's time to join the show. That's right. So for JC Allen, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everyone for watching, and we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.